Hello, my name is Brandy Walker. Welcome to Throwing Light. This is episode 36, Sober AF. sober AF instead of sober as fuck just like because I don't want to put fuck on the name (laughs) of the title of the episode. It's funny how jarring those words can feel when when you think about it like what we're actually talking about. Sobriety, addiction, like those things much much more important. I'm trying to decide how I want to do this. I have been putting off this episode for a very long time and I'm finally recording it. So if you are a patron on Patreon of mine, not just anyone's, then you know this story because I shared it. I wrote the story out. You know why the night that I decided to become sober. And I'm trying to decide whether I want to. So what I was originally thinking I would do for this episode is read that. I don't know that I feel compelled to do that anymore. So I'm just going to start kind of telling the story. And when I wrote that, I had been sober about two and a half months. It's now over eight months now. So things have changed and not changed. So let me just tell you this story. (laughs) I had been working a lot. Jermaine had just left to go to Seattle for the past like six weeks. I'd been working 20 hours a week at a part-time job I had gotten hired on by my internship. I had been doing another internship, so it was 20 hours a week of my job, 16 hours a week of the internship, and then 10 hours a week of school. Maybe it was more than that. It was like four classes. And then all the other stuff. So I was full-time mom to both of the kids because Jermaine was in Seattle. And and then, you know, all this stuff that I do on my own, it was a lot. And I was pretty burnt out. And so my friend and I decided to go salsa dance. And we had gone before and it was a lot of fun. And we just wanted to kind of like blow off some steam. Like the details, I don't know that they're as important, except that we probably drink more than we intended. And we got to the point where I don't remember making the decisions I made that night. And there's no way to know whether somebody has slipped something in our drink (laughs) or whether I had drank to kind of oblivion. Friend was a little more coherent and was kind of aware of what was going on to the point where I think she really saved our lives. So um, I guess these two guys who I guess were at the salsa, like we were getting ready to go home. Like it was late. We had called an Uber to take us home. It was in the app, like it was coming And I guess these guys were like, hey, you want to go like around the corner to hang out with our friend? And so we said yes. I don't remember saying yes at all. And then what around the corner to visit their friend meant was like getting in their car. And I don't remember getting in their car. Well, so the next thing I guess my friend realizes the driver was drinking as well. So he had gotten pulled over. So I don't know how he was driving or like his level. He 
I don't know who these guys are. So he got pulled over and my friend at that point was like, this is, we should go. Like we should, we shouldn't be here. So she got me out of the car. She was like, we should go. So I did. I vaguely remember her saying that. And so we got around the corner and then she called an Uber and we took an Uber home. I vaguely remember throwing up on my front porch. And that's about it. You know, I made it up. We live in a townhouse. So I made it up the two flights of stairs up to my room and I guess fell asleep in my bed. It was one of those times where you wake up and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And I have had a couple of those times in my life. But usually, first of all, usually Jermaine is with me and he doesn't drink. So there's some kind of safety net where if I drink too much, there's somebody there who can kind of like make sure nothing crazy happens. I was really disturbed. As, well, I was, so I was like, what happened? And I couldn't remember what happened or like I like I didn't, all I remember was being like at the club and then started to get fuzzy. And I talked to my friend and we started to kind of piece things together. She remembered more than I did. I had apparently fallen while dancing and hit my head pretty bad to the point where like later that night I started getting like a throbbing headache and I started having dizzy spells. I must have had a concussion. I ended up going to the doctor and they couldn't like officially confirm, but they kind of basically confirmed that I had at least a mild concussion and that it would go away. So I was like piecing this all together and it was just like what could have happened terrified me and made me so angry. Like, I don't know who those guys are. I don't know their, like, I don't know anything about them. And, and they could have raped us. Like, they could have killed us. Like, who the fuck knows? And the only, and the only reason they didn't was because they got pulled over and my friend had the wherewithal to be like, we should leave. And so I just felt felt mad at myself. I felt mad at them. I would never in my right mind, like in my sober mind, I would have never made the decision to get in a car with them ever. So it was just, it was like, like, I can't, this can never happen again. It was just a real, like, this can never happen again. And maybe it's not my fault. Whatever their intentions, that part is not my fault. But what I can control is I can never drink like that again. And I, generally speaking, didn't drink too much. Like it would be one or two or three at most. But then every so often it would be more than that. And so what I decided essentially was I have to quit. Like I have to quit completely. Like it's not serving me anymore. And I mean, I don't know if I have a problem, but this is a problem. <laughs> like, And it's fine. Like I don't need it and I don't want to need it. I made the decision and I just was like, done. And I felt completely secure in that decision. And um, what I determined was I need to like look for resources to keep it going because I just need to figure this out. And then, then I did. And I don't know. I mean, never say never. I don't know at this point in my life if I will say that I'll never drink again. But I will say that being sober these last eight months has been amazing. Like I've really enjoyed it. What I have missed is not the 
It's not like I don't ever want to feel drunk again. What I do miss is like the fancy drink stuff. And so I've kind of been making my own and that's been working. I think that if I hadn't had a concussion, it might have been harder. <laughs> Weirdly, it might have been harder to stick to in the first couple of months. But I was having dizzy spells like every day for like a couple of months. And I was scared that I had like actually done something like damaging to my brain. I feel like my brain is my biggest asset. And uh, the fear that I had somehow hurt it through one stupid night was just terrifying. It just wasn't worth it. It was like definitely the cons outweigh the pros. So the resources that I ended up finding in my search, the biggest one was This Naked Mind. I read the book first and then I found out she had a podcast. Annie Grace is her name. I have gone to a couple AA meetings. I don't find that that's 100% my gig, but it has been helpful for me, especially when I, so when I went to the Wild Goose Festival, there's a big culture around drinking there, which is kind of funny because it's a Christian festival and it's just like they're progressive Christians. And so I think as an effort to like get away from the dogma of fundamentalist Christianity, which so many people who go to Wild Goose have come from, they glorify drinking and they have like beer and hymns and all kinds of stuff. It's just like it's a very drinking centric place and it's a festival. It's outdoors. You know, you're hot. And I went alone and I knew the only way I was going to, I found out on the first day of the festival that there was an AA meeting and I went twice, I think over the course of the festival and it was really helpful. It was really helpful to be able to talk about how it's not really helpful to go to a festival <laughs> where drinking is glorified at this time in my life and to be around people who got it. The other thing that's been really helpful for me is Instagram accounts who have been very vocal with their sobriety. And also in being very vocal with my sobriety, it acts as a deterrent <laughs> because I feel like there's an accountability factor. I'm less likely to give in during a weak moment because, I mean, yes, okay, maybe nobody on my Instagram will know, but I'll know and it'll make me feel like a fraud. And I just can't, like, I don't live my life that way. <laughs> I'm like honest to a fault in those weird areas. So it has helped. It has helped a lot. One of the things that the AA meetings made me realize is that I don't know that I want to to go to an AA meeting, but I do want to meet in person with people who are practicing sobriety for different reasons. And I haven't quite found that yet. I haven't looked, to be honest. There's a lot. If you listen to my New Year's episode, you know that finding a spiritual community is important to me. And I haven't done that either. So it's just kind of like Yep, I got to go. I got to seek out these people. There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. I took an addictive behaviors class this last semester, and our group project was on women and addiction. And alcohol especially affects our bodies, has more detrimental effects to our bodies. Um, we get drunk faster. We Our internal organs are hurt faster. <laughs> we have more like long-term problems quicker. Also more vulnerable to, you know, sexual violence. I don't know why it seems that when 
men get drunk, they are more likely to be sexually violent. And sexual violence is any kind of, that's anything that is not consensual. Because if it is not consensual, it's, it's violent. It's, it's unwanted. I don't have a lot of shame or guilt for that night. I did when it first happened. I don't know that I've done the work of like forgiving them. I don't know that I've thought deeply about them. I pity them. I feel like they probably, especially the driver, probably had to face some consequences. I don't feel bad about that. I don't wish them ill. I wouldn't recognize either of them if I saw them today. And I feel like as weird and sad as that is, it's probably for the best. And that's where I'm at. And what's interesting is, so this is like me, 36-year-old me, person in grad school, mother, spiritual something, I don't know, leader. I, you know, have a podcast and I talk about deep things. And one of the things that came up when I first quit, um, I went to this spiritual festival with my daughter, like the day after, the morning after. And I felt so aligned sobriety felt so aligned with this work that I'm doing. That's not to say that you can't drink and be a spiritual person. I don't think that at all. But for me, it felt aligned. And I didn't realize that it wasn't aligned before. So that is my story. So I didn't really get into, I do have an addiction background. I think that's what makes this so interesting. You know, I talked about in the very first episode of Throwing Light, I went through some shit. I put myself through some shit when I was younger. And you kind of think like I had most of my shit together, right? You can kid yourself into believing that you've got it under control. And now sobriety feels like admitting I don't have it under control. And it's like the biggest freedom. It's like the biggest gift. And I'm not probably speaking very eloquently about that. But that's my story. And uh, I wanted to share. I wanted to share in case you're going through that, in case you have a loved one going through that. And may I recommend, it's called Beyond Addiction. If you have a loved one in the throes of an addiction, Beyond Addiction is a brilliant book for loved ones of addicts. And I actually read that a couple of years ago because I think for a couple of years I questioned my drinking. It felt like I had it under control, but like a pot that was about to overflow when I was like holding it, just kind of hoping, <laughs> like just like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then like the lid burst and like all of the contents, like it was just all over and it was a complete mess and I got burned and, you know, everything. And then I turned the fire off and I was like, oh, Like, I don't have to have the fire on. And if I don't have the fire on, I don't have to worry about the pot overflowing. So, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely being sober, and I highly recommend it. And I don't know that I've done a good job of giving you resources. I'm just more sharing my story. Highly recommend This Naked Mind. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate your ears. If you like what you heard, there are a couple of ways that you can support this podcast and help build momentum. First, you can share it with a friend. Second, you can leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening through. And third, you can support Throwing Light on Patreon 
and get cool shit, including a shout out on the podcast. Thank you again. I hope you have an unexpectedly amazing day.